0: Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. This week we look at precision medicine and new trials with how we can help people in a lot of pain. Now, when you're suffering from a difficult condition, you might try one, two, three, four, maybe ten different treatment methods, but what if none of them work? What do you do? And you hear that there's a wonder drug that could help you. We look at two cases of where studies have been done to investigate just that case, plus a more targeted precision medicine approach to help people with neurological conditions. Epilepsy can be a devastating and complicated medical condition, and for around the 250,000 people currently diagnosed with epilepsy in Australia, which is around over 1% of the population, it's not an easy lifestyle. Now, epilepsy is a neurological disorder, and the main outcome of it is seizures that are caused by a disruption of electrical activity in the brain. Now, it's not necessarily a lifelong disorder. Some people who undergo a kind of brain infection or maybe a traumatic brain damage event can develop epilepsy. For other people who have a genetic predisposition to it, it can be something that appears early or late in life. Now, most people, around 70%, can become seizure free with medication and that's great because seizures are basically huge traumatic events not only for the brain but also for the body where people become unaware of their body's movements and unable to control them lots of changes in sensation awareness or behavioral movement it's not just convulsions as you might picture and for a family living with a child with epilepsy it can be particularly difficult now when children develop epilepsy it's often due to a genetic predisposition. Though, you know, obviously the other things can happen too. And for people with epilepsy, trying to find a treatment that works for you is very, very difficult. Now, as I said before, about 70% of people with epilepsy can find a medication that works for them, and they're able to become seizure-free. But for the remaining 30% of people, they may have to make their way through the 12 listed medications on, in Australia, the Pharmaceutical Benefit System, the PBS, which is similar in other countries. They all have a list of medications which the government has not only approved, but also subsidizes in some way as part of their public health care policy. The United States, obviously, it's a different story with their complicated medical insurance situation, but let's just talk about Australia for the moment. Now, if your child doesn't respond, or if you yourself don't respond to those 12 medications, well, you're a bit out of luck because there's not many other options to help manage your epilepsy. As I said before, epilepsy, when managed with medication, is actually a pretty normal condition. Well-known figures like Tchaikovsky, Hugo Weaving, Daniel Glover, Neil Young, Susan Boyle, they all have epilepsy. So that goes to show that you can live a pretty normal life, provided you get the right medication. But if you don't respond well to those 12 on the official list, and maybe some others, what do you do? Well, in Canada, they implemented a medical marijuana trial for people with epilepsy. Now, Canada was one of the first places to implement and allow medicinal marijuana Oils, which are cannabinoid oil, CBD, basically, it's a compound in the marijuana plant. And there have been some and pretty rigorous medical trials to actually investigate whether or not this helps people. For example, in 2017, a paper published in the New England Journal of Medicine, which is a prestigious medical journal, conducted a double blind trial on medical marijuana. It's an cannabinoid oils to see if it actually helped people with a type of epilepsy, Dravet syndrome, which is a rare form of epilepsy that begins in infancy but has a pretty high mortality rate. So if we can help, that would be fantastic. Now they enrolled 120 patients who ranged in age from about 2.5 to 18 years old. Now 61 of those patients were randomly assigned to the cannabinoid oil and the other 59 placed in the placebo. And Obviously, as it's a double-blind trial, neither the researchers nor the family who were receiving the medication for the 12 weeks knew if they were actually getting the right thing. Now, the results of that double-blind trial were pretty good. Uh, The people who received the actual treatment had their number of seizures drop from 12.4 a month to 5.9, so just about halved the amount of seizures. The placebo group, in comparison, only saw a 0.1 or 0.8% drop, so realistically, the placebo did nothing, as you would expect. But the medication actually did a reasonable amount, and there have been subsequent trials, and been many trials in this area. Now there are side effects such as drowsiness, and there was reported in about twenty-two of the patients. And in that large-scale trial in the United States, about twelve of the patients quit the study, nine who were on the drug and three in the placebo group. So there was a dropout rate, but it wasn't incredibly high. For parents, this can be often seen as a last hope. Well, they were trying to find something, anything that helps their children. And after these successful results in the United States and Canada, there was a push in Australia to allow people with this rare form of epilepsy to actually get access to this medication. And that's exactly what was done in Victoria in 2017. It took a bit of time to ramp up the industry, including importing cannabinoid oil from Canada itself to help give to these patients. But over a trial that cost roughly $35,000 a year to import the oil that is refined in Canada and sent to Australia and a total cost of about $1 million. It has helped a large number of children over this 12-month period, in particular this group of critically ill 29 children. The Victorian government put this in place as part of their large other investment in health policies. And whilst there is some concern for side effects, the actual effectiveness rate does line up with what is seen for other studies across the world. Now, 13 of those 34 children in the total expanded amount of the trial left the program. Now, that's either because they didn't respond to that particular medication. As we talked about before, there's lots of different types of epilepsy and not everything works perfectly. It's not a silver bullet. And that dropout rate is a little bit high, but consistent with what's been seen in other trials. This is uh, the side effects sort of put the parents off from the medication. Now, the challenge, as Associate Professor Michael Fahey, the Head of Pediatric Neurology at the Monash Medical Center, said that you have to remember that to see the medicine in the first place, you have to have failed at least Four medications. You have to have daily seizures or be admitted to hospital regularly. So these are children who are pretty ill and they're not going to respond to a single therapy and their parents at this point are desperate. When you think about the cost of the treatment, it's actually not that high, given the actual cost of other medications and treatments like cancer, for example. So the investment is not large. And obviously when you're importing as opposed to locally producing, because the industry has not scaled up yet, there are other advantages now two-thirds of the participants had actually seen positive outcomes and based on that the government is going to continue on with this policy and this plan and look to expand it to people excluded from the initial trial or maybe with other conditions where there are good scientific evidence to suggest that cannabinoid oil can help and this is some great work being done in victoria australia led by research done in the united states and in canada but we're going to turn now from australia to look at somewhere where the trial was put in place and access to subsidized cannabinoid oil was provided for people with epilepsy, but not to everyone. So what do you do when you're a parent in that situation and what actually happens? So as we talked about in Australia, it's been a slow and steady progress to get federal laws and state laws changed to allow medical marijuana trials. So what do you do if you're a parent or a carer who think that there is a treatment out there for you and you've seen well-done studies in other countries show to be effective, but you don't make that cut of that selective group of 30 kids in the Victorian Trail. Or maybe you live in New South Wales, where researchers from the University of Sydney's Lambert Initiative for Cannabinoid Therapeutics started a study around two years ago, which tracked and went through with families as they tried try to navigate the legal system, the bureaucratic and the cost issues faced by families who rely on medical cannabis as a treatment without having to go through, let's say, the legal pathways in the country at this time. Now, this study was recently published in Scientific Reports, which is a leading journal, and what it found is that parents who turned to off the street medicinal cannabis to treat children with epilepsy overwhelmingly, which is 75% to be specific, considered the extracts effective. Now, interestingly enough, despite what the parents thought and were cautious about, the cannabinoid oil CBD extracts were actually quite low in concentration. Now, that CBD is the key therapeutic element, and that's what's being used in the recent clinical trials to help treat epilepsy. But when you bite off the street, you don't know what you're getting. You aren't undertaking in a medically prescribed system with carefully managed and implemented drugs. You're relying on what you can get your hands on. Now, despite that, the concentration was pretty low. However, there was a pretty positive response, despite all of that just over half the extracts that were tested were not necessarily perfect, but most did have THC, which is the main cannabinoid oil, and the closely related compound, THCA. Now, they were found in most of the extract, but not all. There was a bit of snake oil being sold there. Now, just over half the extracts actually were associated with Caesar reduction of either between 75 to 100%. And this reinforces not only animal trials in this country, but also medical trials as we talked about earlier. Now, in this study, not actually conducted in a medical double-blind setting, it must be added. 65% reported other beneficial improvements, like improved cognition. 35% also said language skills improved as well. And these are significant bonuses, which can be a life-changing quality of life improvement. Now, Although the illicit extracts that the researchers at the University of Sydney managed to get their hands on, including Ms. Anastasia Surarev, who was the lead author on this paper and a PhD candidate for the Lambert Initiative at the Mind and Brain Centre, they were actually testing the samples that they could get their hands on because they were talking and liaising with these families directly, not snitching on them, for example. And when they analysed these extracts, they found they contained low doses of CBD in the most part, but three or four were actually reported as effective. Now, if you combine this with the other results from the actual proper trial in Victoria and the very rigorous double-blind trial in the United States published in the United, New England Journal of Medicine, for people with epilepsy, there is a pretty compelling case to be made. And even if people are going out to the black market to try and source it because of bureaucratic and legislative hold-ups, the people are still seeing quarterly of life improvements. Now these are good news if you're a parent or a carer of someone with epilepsy but we'll just have to wait to see how the changes in Victoria continue. As this one year trial wraps up we can review and expand and look at this treatment and look at other potential options for people in this situation and it's not an easy condition to live with also to care for someone who is living with it. Now these are some trials that are being done in Victoria and New South Wales on both the legal bureaucratic controlled method as well as the illegal off the street version, but both are showing good and positive results. There's some great work being done out of Australia, supporting previous research in the United States and Canada. Epilepsy is just one example of neurological conditions that require complicated and difficult medicines to treat them. Now, cannabinoid oil is one medically enhanced and refined treatment for that. But if you suffer from other neurological conditions, let's say Alzheimer, autism, or other types of cancers that are impacting the brain, you'd like to have a treatment that doesn't have unwanted side effects. After all, unwanted side effects is one of the reasons people have dropped out of those trials that we spoke about earlier. Now, there's an idea in science called precision medicine, and that is using generally molecular chemistry to go after and design specific treatments to specific problems. And instead of having a shotgun approach, we tailor the chemistry of the treatment to actually go after and do a job in a really carefully controlled way, thus eliminating side effects, or at least reducing them that's true that's what precision medicine aims to do but the reality of that on the ground at the moment is not fantastic now drugs in general target molecules in a very general way so if you identify that that molecule is harmful then you basically try and develop a drug to block it entirely which is fine if you identify a harmful molecule that you want to treat and go after you develop a counter molecule and bob's your uncle you've got a solution But the problem is, if that molecule somewhere else is actually doing something quite normal, quite helpful, then by blocking that molecule, you open yourself up to a lot of side effects. And that is where precision medicine is often a careful balancing act. Even though it is a more targeted approach, it's still pretty scattergun in its application. And that's where researchers from the University of Virginia School of Medicine, led by J. Julius Zhu, who's the... PhD, the lead author on this paper, together with fellow authors Peng Zhang and Yan Zun Zhang, have been developing a way to actually have a more precise precision medicine molecule. And that is to actually get it to target not just a molecule of a certain type, but actually to target a molecule of a certain type in a certain location. In other words, trying to find something that's harmful and get rid of it in the place it's actually causing the harm, rather than trying to In other words, shut down all roads or banning cars to stop traffic congestion. Okay, yeah, cars are problematic when they're in a big, long line, but maybe there's another way we can solve that problem. And that's what Zhu and their team have been looking at in the UVA's Department of Pharmacology. Now, this technique would be useful for many, many different diseases, but particular for cancer and neurological conditions such as autism, Alzheimer's, even perhaps epilepsy, because we know that... In general, sometimes these can have chemical causes or chemical treatments, but side effects can lead to basically making the medications unpalatable, or in other words, unsafe to take. So by having a targeted approach that's even more precise and actually goes after, let's say, in the brain, the specific area of the brain where that molecule is acting in a negative way, it's a much more enhanced method. Now, look, this all sounds very simple and very logical but it actually took years and years and years to actually figure out the chemistry of how you could make that happen. How do you make a molecule know where it is and if it's in the right place? And that is what Zhu and his team have outlined in the journal Neuron. Now, this all these days were sponsored from grants from the National Institute of Health. This great work to show the way we can improve precision medicine to make it even more precise, but we still have a long way to go. Tailored treatments to a specific patient's needs are the ultimate endgame for any doctor. But we have to make sure we develop, test and trial any of these treatments to weed out side effects and to see if they're really helpful. This is some great work being done out of the University of Virginia. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This week we talked about helping people with a difficult medical condition. And even if the trial isn't necessarily perfect, their benefits can still provide. Plus, a more tailored approach to precision medicine.